Let us open God's Word. Our first reading, which is uh, 2 Corinthians 2, 1 through 17. For I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? And I wrote as I did, so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For, for I felt sure of all of you, that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know that abundant love that I have for you. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure not to put it too severely to all of you. For such as one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him, for this is why I wrote, that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant ignorant of these his designs. When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Now, second reading from John 11, verses 1 through 27. John 11, 1 through 27. This is entitled, The Death of Lazarus. Now, a certain man was ill. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is so ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God 
so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, his disciple, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go on to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. May God bless the reading of his word. Our text verses is from Second Corinthians 2, verse 15 to 16. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? And the topic, we are the aroma of Christ. Beloved in our Lord, Jesus Christ, it's glorious to be a Christian, to be described as a Christian. In our text verses, we read, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one of fragrance from death to death, 
stood out a fragrance from life to life. Let us think about these verses in such a way. It's almost spring. Spring is my favorite season. It's not too cold, not too warm. For spring, we can smell the new season, especially here in the mountains. And our sense of smile comes alive with spring. Soon, maybe already, we will smell the sweet smell of blossoms and the smell of winter's wood fires will be replaced by the smell of flowers and green leaves. For some it's wonderful, the fragrance of life, but for some spring is dreadful because it also brings hay fever. For them spring is the fragrance of suffering. So what does it mean to be a Christian and have the aroma of Christ? As the name Christ makes it clear who Jesus is, the name Christian makes it clear who we are. And as the name Christ declared the secret of Jesus' life, so the name Christian should explain our life. Christ fits with Jesus because he's the Christ, the anointed the Messiah. And so Christian should also fit with us because we are incorporated in faith in Christ. And we confess that we are Christian. And we were called the first time Christians in Acts 11 verse 26. And that means by our faith we are members of Christ. We partake in his anointing as believers. And we are in the office of anointed believer in the name of Christ. Follower of Christ. That means that the world should see in our lives that we are believers. To be a Christian is not a limitation but true life. And it should be a joy to do his will. To give up those things that bring division between us and him. That's my sin. And to be a Christian is also to answer on the Lord's call to repentance, to confess that he's Lord. Was made Christ by God, Acts 2. And that I would recognize him in my life. That I would worship him in my heart and have joy to do his things. A worship of 100% of our dedication where Jesus is the center of your life. And this is the meaning of being a Christian, where you love the Lord above all and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus himself told us that the priority is making disciples and teaching them to observe what Jesus has commanded in his word. And now the Apostle Paul explains that with a fragrance. An aroma. And this image was born from the burning of incense when the Roman soldiers returned in triumph after victory. And so the commander would be riding in a golden chariot surrounded by his officers. And they would be burning incense. 
But in this procession, the captive enemy was included as well. For all the victorious Romans could smell the victory by the incense that was burned. And it was glorious for them. The fragrance of life. But for the enemy, it was the smell of death. Soon they would be led to the arena to face the beasts of the arena or to act as gladiators. They would face a certain death. That's what Paul meant. We are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to one a fragrance from death to death to the other fragrance from life to life. We were all slaves of sin and death. Destined for hell. But everything changed for those who believed in him. And Jesus, our great commander and chief, was victorious over death, our last enemy. He's risen. And he defeated death by his resurrection. And for those who believe in Jesus, that's the aroma that brings life. But for those who reject Jesus, the gospel is now an aroma that brings death. They are still dead in their sin, and they are perishing day by day. They are destined for eternal hell, the place of burning sulfur, the fury of fire, the smell of death. And so the gospel is joy and hope to those who believe, but to those who reject its condemnation and a horrible smell. Have you ever smelled smell the death or the stink of a dead animal? Maybe a dead kangaroo. It's overbearing. You can smell it from far. This is the smell of death. Death is our greatest enemy. And that's what our Lord Jesus Christ conquered. He conquered death with his own death, but also through his word. And I want you now to turn to John 11. John 11. And how our Lord Jesus Christ did that. John 11. We read about the death of Lazarus. And we hear the gospel, we see in faith, but almost smell the effect of death on Lazarus' loved ones, Martha, Mary, but also Lazarus himself. John 11 verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead four days. And so today's message is for those who have already passed. Verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And today's message is for those who are still alive in this world. Verse 26, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? A message about those who have already passed. 
just before this chapter in John 11 begins, the crowds in Jerusalem had picked up stones to kill Jesus. They tried to arrest him, but he escaped, and he traveled east and north, crossed the Jordan. And before long, just see now in John 11 verse 8, Mary and Martha, the friends from Bethany, near Jerusalem, sent words to Jesus that their brother Lazarus was very sick. While the condition of Lazarus was becoming more serious every day, the sisters longed that their friend Jesus and great healer were present. You could picture them saying, were Jesus only here? When Jesus heard about Lazarus' sickness, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And Jesus looked beyond death. It did not mean that Lazarus was not going to die. But he said that death would not be the outcome of his illness. And Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, but he stayed two days longer in the place he was. This verse seems to contradict the statement that Jesus loved them. Why did Jesus stay for two days longer if he loved them? This is something that we hear in the world as well. How can a God of love permit such horrible things, the world is telling us? Why does God allow his children to die, suffer, and experience hardship? And so verse 4 gives us the answer that a miracle is going to take place. And it will be to the advancement of God's glory. This will be to the strengthening of the faith of the members of Lazarus' family and, and to all the disciples and believers who have the same question and all the time. That God has a plan and it will be to the advancement of God's glory. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with the outcome of my suffering, my pain, my loss, with the death of my loved one. It will be to the glory of God and to the benefit of those who God called to be his children. Romans 8. God's time is better. And so the Apostle Paul explained that as well in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 8 to 9. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. And we see this happening here. After the two days, Jesus said to his disciples, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking Jesus wanted to go back, and the disciples said, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are you going there again? (coughs) And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in a day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in them. This saying of Jesus had a deep meaning. The Jewish day had 12 hours. 
whether it be winter or summer, it always has 12 hours. And if anyone walks in the daytime, he does not stumble, because he can see clearly. However, if someone walks during the night, he stumbles because there's no light. And Jesus wanted to tell them that the time assigned to us, our life and death, is fixed and determined by God that we should walk in his light. Just like daytime is 12 hours. If we walk in the daytime, in the light of Jesus, abide by God's plan, we have nothing to worry about. If we do not walk in the light of Jesus, we shall fail and stumble. And Jesus knew that Lazarus had died. And he told his disciples plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. And when he came there, Martha met with him. She believed in Jesus' healing hands, his miracles. But she also accused, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's a bit of an accusation, no words. And sometimes we think the same as Martha. And we blame ourselves. What could I do to prevent the death of my loved one? Why did I not call the doctor earlier? Why did I not see the signs? Why did the Lord not heal them? Beloved, we need to learn that God is in control of everything. That he determines the day of our birth and the day of our death. And that's also with the death of my family and friends. And so Jesus answered her in the deepest love and he comforted her with the resurrection. Your brother will rise again. Martha believed that there would be a resurrection on the day, on the last day. But how would this help us on this day? And so Jesus gave two explanations. The first explanation is on Lazarus and everyone who died in the Lord. And the second is on those who are still alive in Jesus. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Jesus said to her, I am. The resurrection is in his person. With Jesus removed, there's nothing left but death. Then the end is the grave. And we think of Lazarus, but this is also true of every believer who dies today. But everyone who lives and believes in Jesus shall never die. An unbeliever rejects Jesus. Therefore also re rejects there's the resurrection. And the end is the grave. An unbeliever thinks that death ends all. And for them, the gospel became the smell of death. As Paul explains in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 16. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? Only by faith can it be accepted that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. 
that life is now protected from death, that Jesus conquered death, that death and grave cannot destroy. Let us think about what Jesus is saying. Although you die, you live. It's only because of our faith in him. And your life will be fuller and more glorious on earth. Because death has no sting. Death is terrible. It's our last enemy. But if you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and life, then you will live although you die this day. Therefore Jesus said, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Therefore Lazarus and all the people who died in Jesus live. And Martha and us do not need to mourn as someone who has no hope. Death is gain. It introduces the full enjoyment of eternal life. But we also have a message for those who are still alive in this world. Verse 26 of John 11. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This message was directed to Martha, but also to you and me, who are still alive in this world. Again, Jesus used the word lives. But now he used it in a different meaning. Verse 25, he used it in an Eternal sense, eternal life, the life in heaven. Verse 26, he uses this in our life, the life we are living now. In verse 25, Jesus said that everyone would die as Lazarus. And in verse 26, he said that if you believe in him, you will never die. If you die, you will not. Why? Because we believe in him. And whoever believes in him has eternal life. Nothing can save you from death. Not works, not money, not relationship or power. But one thing is needed, and that's faith in Jesus. What does Jesus mean by faith? Faith is faith in Jesus as the Redeemer. Believe in me, Jesus says. Faith means that we need to believe that Jesus is the resurrection and life, the Son of God, the way, truth, and life. And this faith, it's a gift from God and the work of the Holy Spirit. We are united only through faith in Jesus. If I believe in him and acknowledge him as my savior. And so the content of our faith in Jesus, who is the resurrection, who resurrects people like Lazarus, but also us, one day at our grave when he will come again. And then this means that we need to think about Lazarus' death as this that the death of Lazarus was real and terrible, and it's terrible just as those of who we love, but also mine. And if you think that Lazarus' death was less terrible because Jesus raised him, the truth is your death will not any more terrible because you too will be raised by Christ one day. Therefore, we don't have to fear the grave. There's only a difference of time. Small dots in the Lord's plan. And he who believes in Jesus has eternal life. Do you believe it? Jesus asked that question to Martha. And she said to him, 
Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. She confessed, and every confession in Jesus is the climax. When someone confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, also with the blind man who confessed that he saw in the children's story this morning. Jesus is the Son of God, is the resurrection and the life, and Martha could answer, yes, Lord. She could see that Jesus is the Son of God, the only one able to redeem us from death and sin. Only in Him we are alive. So the question comes to everyone, do you believe this? Do you believe this when you face death? Faith in Jesus changes everything, and it's a matter of life and death. And so the Apostle Paul, again back at 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, answers that when we have this faith, we have the aroma of Christ. This faith is a conquering faith. Only because Jesus conquered death. Jesus claimed the spoils of battle of everyone who had been in bondage to Satan, sin, and death. And therefore, Jesus is our victorious commander. Colossians 2 verse 15, He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. And we share this through faith with a conquering faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, we share in this because we are Christians and we believe in Jesus. Again, with that incense that was burned with the triumph Roman parade pictured in Corinthians 2, 2 Corinthians 2, that aroma affected the victors, the audience, but also the captives. It's glorious for Christians, but it's death for unbelievers. For victors, it meant life and victory, but for a conquered enemy, death and defeat. And so the Apostle Paul, using this image of incense, describes our calling and how the Lord sees us now. And he says, for we are the aroma of Christ to to God, the believers or Christians are the fragrance of Jesus. Our Christian life, our willingness to preach the gospel, our confession in Jesus, our willingness to call people to repentance and faith brings life and death. And our faith in Jesus will make us different from this world. Maybe circumstances can discourage us. For example, when Paul was not able to visit the Corinthians. But we should keep our eyes focused on Jesus. When we are afflicted, even with death, the death of loved ones, we need to be patient. Trust that God's glory will be proclaimed through this. John 11 verse 4. That we can continue in faith in the knowledge that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Romans 8 verse 28. 
It also means that we will restore and forgive the repentant sinner. As Paul called the Corinthians to do. Verses 5 to 11. That was someone that harmed him. Behaved terribly against him. You could also remember my sermon about what this guy especially did. That sexual relationship with his father's wife. And now Paul reprimanded them. But now he repented. And the congregation are called to forgive because they're Christians. Why? Because this is how the Lord forgave us. By doing this, we will spread the aroma of Christ. By our Christian lifestyle. How we greet one another. How we love one another. How we forgive one another. How we are patient with one another. And our shortcomings. That's spreading the aroma of Christ. And as Christians, we are commissioned by God in the sight of God as we speak of Christ. Bringing the gospel. Verse 17. This means you will follow in the footsteps of Jesus you will proclaim the gospel, be true to the great commission of Matthew 28, verse 19. You will think about the lost, pray for the lost. Our mission to preach the gospel. But also pray that God will prepare their hearts to be receptive for the gospel. We have a wonderful responsibility and calling to be the fragrance of Christ. The aroma of Christ. The aroma of life. Know that in Jesus we can't die anymore. But let us also never stop thinking and praying about how we can spread this aroma of Christ. Because this is the gospel of life. One sense is joy and glorious joy that we are alive in Christ and can spread this aroma. But think about what it means for those who don't believe. The smell of death. The smell of hell. Let us continue to preach the gospel in the knowledge that we are alive in Jesus. That we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are alive. We are alive because of our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. That in our Lord Jesus we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That we are part of the, that army that are marching to eternal life. But Lord, we also pray for those who don't believe. We pray for those who don't have this aroma. Those who are still dead in their sins. And we pray, Lord, that they will hear, they will see, and that you will prepare their hearts for your life-giving gospel. That they will repent that they will hear the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ calling them to come to Him. Listen to the voice of the great shepherd.
Father, we pray that we will be brave in proclaiming this aroma, this gospel of love. Because we know, Lord, you have the times and everything in your hands. You determine the day, the beginning and the end. But, Lord, you also told us to look at the signs of the ends of time. Signs of the victory. And we see the terrible things that are happening. We see also how children are hurt, sold as slaves. We pray, come Lord Jesus, we know you are the righteous judge. But also Lord, that we will spread this aroma, this aroma of love. Be with your people here in Blacksmith, that we can be faithful to our Jesus' name.